The Litro Lab Podcast. Formula by Ken Crackler. Formula. The wind howled through the darkness of the mountainside, and Princess Ariana braced against it with her shield, clutching the broadsword in her other hand. Even draped in the heavy, ancient furs of her lineage, she still felt as though the freezing snow had turned her fingers and toes to icicles, and she wished she could stop to check for frostbite, but she had to climb the mountain. She had to reach the top. Please, please don't make me do this, she said, crying softly. It doesn't have to be this way, but it did. Lightning split the sky in two. Thunder boomed. She kept climbing. A man would be waiting for her at the summit of the mountain. At least, he used to be a man, before the Orion Wars. Something had changed him long ago, and Ariana had heard the legends enough times to expect long, dark robes and eyes smoking toxic poison. Please, I'm only sixteen, and... And there's so much I've been looking forward to. It was very suspenseful, the way the princess had slowly made her way over rocky terrain and rivers of boiling blood. Danger at every turn she had pushed forward, determined to face the evil specter who had held the kingdom in the palm of his pale, bony hand. The specter that waited for her even now as he commanded dark clouds to churn in circles around the black summit on which he stood. There are other endings, Ariana said, weeping. It doesn't have to be like how you're making it. Ariana was crying. She cried a lot. She cried when the ogres of the north killed her mother and pillaged her city. She cried when her father was murdered by the Duchess of the Five Courts in a coup for political power. She cried through her training to become the fast and hardened warrior she was. Cried through countless combat lessons from brutal senseis who beat her mercilessly when she failed at any task. Even now, nearing the end of her epic journey, climbing the mountain, she was crying. It was as if she felt no gratitude at all. Gratitude? gratitude. She shouted at the sky. Are you insane? Are you insane? Princess Ariana was going to be a hero. The strife of her story would make people see her as a tenacious, capable girl, and when all of this was over, her name would be known throughout the land. She would be a legend. They'd tell stories about her for years. It was the greatest gift anyone could ever have, and it wasn't ridiculous to think that she might appreciate something for once instead of complaining and whining the entire time like a baby. How dare you, she screamed, and her voice echoed through the crevices of tall, jagged spires looming over her. You've taken everything from me. My kingdom, my family, everything I've ever loved is dead because of you, and you think I should be grateful? Lightning again. Thunder. A warning. Ariana tries to stop climbing, but can't. You're a monster. The problem was, Ariana simply didn't understand good writing. 
She paused, and for the first time in weeks, the princess laughed. Don't flatter yourself. This is the same old thing we've seen a thousand times. Ariana didn't know what she was talking about. Oh, please. Every element here is a borrowed, recycled, stolen concept that you've plucked from the minds of smarter, better men. A forbidden prophecy? An enchanted crystal, let me guess, is my enemy also my long-lost brother? For a moment, the wind stopped, and the earth around her seemed to freeze in time. Then the sky flickered with orange light, and the wind began to tear at her again, now much stronger than before. Your structure she shouted, is a hodgepodge of mediocrity without even a shred of original thought. It's riddled with so much blatant exposition and, and, and no one talks like that. Your dialogue, no one talks like that. You're following a formula. You're not even trying. It was clear that Ariana had put on a few pounds lately. Oh, fuck you. Ariana was ignorant and naive. She didn't understand that people wanted a formula. They wanted their expectations met. Their craving for the familiar was like some sort of drug that just kept them coming back, paying hard-earned money for the same tired old thing over and over and over again. Nobody needed to try anymore. It doesn't have to be like that. You can do something new, something fresh that no one's ever seen. People will pay more for something fresh. All the good ideas have been taken. There's nothing left but the formula. They've been saying that, whispered Ariana, since the beginning of time. Staggering past the last of the spires, she saw a set of gray, uneven steps carved into the face of the rock ahead. They led upward, disappearing into a ceiling of thick mist. She was almost to the summit, where the enemy was waiting. Please, she said, and she began to cry once more. I don't want to die. But everyone knew that in a situation like this, your main character has to die in the end. It's just a given. They die in the end. You have your climactic showdown in a scary setting, and in the end, your main character always makes some sort of noble sacrifice, some grand, dramatic choice that means they have to die in order to save their lover, their family, or the world. And that's just how these things are done. It's all there in the fucking formula. You have to kill your main character, you know? How else would you know it was over? In her mind, Princess Ariana pictured an afternoon from years ago. A sunny walk through the courtyard with her mother and father on either side of her. Her father was telling a fable about two bumblebees acting out the different voices in high tones and deep bellows. Ariana was giggling. So was her mother. And the sun was changing color while it set. And the breeze was crisp and cool, and as the princess started up the stone steps of the mountain, she thought of that breeze, and the sun, and her mother and father with her. She was calm now. She was ready. I hate you, she said simply. And she climbed, marching onward, to the place where the black robes waited. Peter sits at his desk, holding the gun, looking at it. 
The laptop is open in front of him, an email on his screen. The email is from his agent explaining why the studio has rejected his latest script. A fantasy epic was too expensive, they said. They were going with another writer for the project. He'd been fired again. Peter is out of money. A stack of unpaid bills is mounting on the kitchen counter. His wife took the kids and moved in with her sister over a month ago. Lawyers have been leaving messages. She wants a divorce. The gun in his hand, Peter feels the world around him fade away. The sound of the traffic, the light from his screen, it all disappears. It's just him now, just Peter and the gun. Your career can only survive so many flops before you've lost all credibility, before the tabloids and blogs calling you a has-been start to drag you down into some cold, dark place you can't crawl out from. Numb and broken and desperate and done, Peter presses the barrel of the gun to his head, even though he doesn't really want to. Please, he says to the empty room around him, Please don't make me do this. Subscribe to Literal Lab Podcast on Spotify.